When it comes to menopause, we're all really happy to talk about the hot flushes and even the anxiety and the palpitations, but the vaginal aspects are really underreported. And at least 25% of women report that they have issues with their vulvas and the vaginas. But I think it's something the healthcare professionals need to ask more about when women do actually seek help for their menopausal symptoms. It might not always be volunteered. Well, that's the voice of Dr. Sharin Lakani, a former GP and now fully trained aesthetic physician. And she's very keen to make sure that we understand how menopause and ageing will affect our vaginas and our pelvic floors. This is the Lizelle Wellbeing Show, the podcast helping us all to have a better second half. I'm Lizelle and I'm on a mission to find ways for us all to thrive in later life by investing in our health and our well-being today. And I have to say, that today's chat is going to get a little bit soapboxy because I continue to be outraged by the gender healthcare inequality. And of course, we are talking about something very female focused today. And we're not going to be shying away from anything either. Dr. Sharin is going to talk us through so many things from incontinence and recurrent UTIs, that's urinary tract infections, to vaginal dryness, vaginal atrophy, and the devastating skin condition that is lichen sclerosis. And she's going to very much reassure us that if you are experiencing any of these things, you are absolutely not alone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plushcare plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda-approved weight loss medications like wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Shireen, welcome. It's great to have you here. And I'd like to start by understanding your take on the aging process, because you're much more into the idea of age management than the term anti-aging, aren't you? Yes, I am. Thank you for having me on, Liz. So I'm an aesthetic doctor. I'm also a former general practitioner. So the women and men I see in my clinic are not interested in coming in to extenuate features. They're more into managing their entire aging process. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to move away from using terms like anti-aging, which tend to have a negative connotation. Yes. Because there's nothing wrong with aging. We are all going to age, but it's all about aging well 
and improving what we're calling the health span. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking my language. I, I'm reminded actually of when I was at the beauty company many years ago. And right from the get go, Kim and I, we banned the term anti-aging. And this is going back sort of 25 years. You know, aging is, is a gift that's denied to many. And it's sort of pro-aging or aging management is just so much more positive, isn't it? Absolutely. And it is not about stopping your biological aging or trying to look like you're 20 or 30 years younger than you are. It's about feeling great for your age Mm -hmm. and maintaining your healthy lifestyle, maintaining that wellness. And it is also about looking how you're feeling as well. I know that a large proportion of the women that you see in your clinics are in midlife. And we're going to do a deep dive into the nether regions, one of our favourite areas of discussion here. Can we talk just generally to start with really about how our our genitals are affected as a result of the menopause and and ageing generally? Because it's an area that's just kind of literally undercover and we never really think about it in terms of ageing. When it comes to menopause, we're all really happy to talk about the hot flushes and even the anxiety and the palpitations. But the vaginal aspects are really underreported. And at least 25% of women report that they have issues with their vulvas and the vaginas. But I think it's something the healthcare professionals need to ask more about when women do actually seek help for their menopausal symptoms. It might not always be volunteered. Absolutely. If you're asked the question, you're more likely to then reply, aren't you, rather than just stay quiet because nobody's asked you. Yes. So... As we age, obviously, we lose collagen and we lose elastin. And that is present throughout our bodies, not just in your face or your neck or the areas you see. So labial tissue, your vulval tissue is going to be affected by that as well. So you get things like a deflation of the labia majora, which are the outer lips of the vulva. Sometimes you can get elongation of the labia minora and that can cause rubbing during walking, exercise, wearing clothes as well, which can be quite uncomfortable. You also lose collagen and elastin inside the vaginal canal. So you lose the support for the organs that sit around the vagina. So the bladder can prolapse through, the bowel can prolapse through as well. And alongside that come the symptoms associated with that. Other things that can happen is that you produce less lubrication, the tissue becomes a lot more drier and thinner and atrophied. So that can cause issues with splitting, pain during intercourse and more frequent urinary tract infections and things. I think it's very interesting, actually, that you cover this area in such depth and you're also an aesthetic doctor because it's actually a reminder that the changes we see on our face as we age, loss of elasticity, skin wrinkling, sagging, all of that, you know, that is happening throughout the body and in particular around the vaginal area, which we don't address. You know, we, we, we don't cleanse, tone and moisturise and all of that. So we're, we're just not aware of perhaps what's going on, but we may be suffering really significant symptoms. Sure. A lot of the women I see, um, because this is one of my specialist areas, they come to me with physical symptoms related to discomfort and incontinence and sexual dysfunction. So those are the sorts of things they're looking to address when they're looking for intimate rejuvenation. A lot of the time, as you say, we don't see the genital area um, 
most women aren't that concerned with the way it looks. It's more about how it feels and the discomfort it's causing them Mm. in their day-to-day lives. Now, I've obviously written a lot about menopause over the years, and I know that the reducing levels of oestrogen cause an increase in vaginal pH, which is basically making the vagina less acidic. So why is that important? Why, Why is that change affecting us? What symptoms can it cause? Well, For a start, it causes a change in the cellular structure in the vagina and the vulva. So the tissues become thinner and the types of cells present change as well. The change in pH also causes a propensity to more infection as well, Mm. um, where you get less lubrication, the tissue thins, it tears it rubs together and it is uncomfortable for women. Yeah. So obviously oestrogen plays a big factor in all of that. Yeah. Do you know, I, I remember during perimenopause sort of late 40s, early 50s, having recurrent UTIs mm. and going to see all sorts of specialists, you know, obstetricians, gynees, doctors, having all sorts of invasive tests and taking, you know, nuclear strength antibiotics. And at no point did anybody link that to the fact that my oestrogen levels had dropped. And since topping up my oestrogen, I've had no recurrence. I mean, it's really quite staggering the difference it can make. There is such a fear around replacing oestrogen still, even despite the fact that the two studies that ruined HRT for a generation of women have been largely discredited. There is still a big fear of prescribing HRT within the medical profession. And I find that there's also a fear with a lot of women taking HRT because the myths surrounding it still exist. Mm. So, I mean, one thing I do tell all my patients is that local oestrogen replacement using pessaries or creams vaginally does not increase your risks that they worry about. So the risk of breast cancer, which is yes. largely overstated anyway, even with systemic HRT and other risks that they worry about with systemic HRT just aren't there with local oestrogen replacement. Absolutely. Well, we'll come on and, and talk more specifically about UTIs and, and all of that, I think, in the second half. You talked about vaginal secretions changing during perimenopause and, and menopause. So why does decreased lubrication matter? Is, is that because it's going to cause tearing and atrophy and, and pain in all sorts of areas? Yes, and more friction and dryness and splitting of the tissue as well. So it is important to maintain the right pH, the right levels of moisture. But unfortunately, as we age, our oestrogen decreases and that is a big factor in why we get the dryness. So when we are looking at terms like vulvovaginal atrophy, what's physically happening inside us? The lack of oestrogen causes basically shrinkage of the tissue and thinning of the tissue. And that's what leads to the dryness as well. And are there other things that we can do to help that? Or is it really a matter of oestrogen replacement? There are things you can do like vaginal lubricants, moisturisers. There are some new products that are out there are some growth factor products that can help if you don't want to take hormone replacement um, there's some novel treatments as well which we can go into in a bit more detail that can also help 
repair some is, of the... Is that things like laser? I've, I've heard of laser therapy. Yeah, laser's one of them. There's also radiofrequency as well. Um, there's platelet-rich plasma, which is something I'm really passionate about because I've seen it help so many women with multiple conditions, not just vaginal atrophy, but also a condition called lichen sclerosis. Yes. And uh, also <laughs> sexual dysfunction as well. Yeah. So how, how does that work then? Because it, it, it sounds very high tech. Is it, is it something that's becoming more common and, and what's the process? So PRP has actually been around for decades. Um, it started out being used in medicine in things like cardiac surgery, orthopedics, dentistry. It's also been used in veterinary science as well for prized racehorses when they injure themselves. And basically what it involves is using the body's own healing capacity to regenerate itself. So what you do is you take blood from the patient's arm that's processed in the centrifuge. And what you're trying to do is concentrate the platelets, which are what help the body to heal when there's been an injury. So you're effectively tricking the body into thinking there's been an injury in the area you're treating so that it goes into repair mode and regenerates itself. And it's effective? It's effective in the majority of people. Obviously, nothing in medicine's 100%, but over 80% of the patients I treat with PRP get a good result. So you mentioned the words Lichen sclerosis, and this is something that I know a little bit about because I have a close family member who suffered for so many years, and I didn't know because it was never talked about. And it is a particularly awful condition, and it does affect younger people, but it seems to be most prevalent in menopausal women. Is that right? So it tends to have its peaks at the extremes of reproductive life. So pre-puberty and then around the menopause is when I see the major peaks. I think it's incredibly underdiagnosed because I see women who've been told for many, many years they have recurrent thrush. Absolutely. You're absolutely saying what, what I've heard. I mean, this relative was told and treated for thrush with caniston and told to apply yoghurt and all of that for well, years, if not decades, yeah. and nothing nothing worked. So how does it manifest physically? What are we actually talking about here? So one of the main symptoms is intense itching. So lichen sclerosis is a disease that's presumed to be autoimmune. No one really knows what causes it. And it affects the genital tissue. It mainly affects women, but it can affect men as well. And that's another thing that's not really talked about at all. Yeah. If left untreated and unchecked, it can destroy the structure of the genital. It causes atrophy of the tissues. It causes splitting, burning sensation. Often these women tell me they can't wear trousers because it's too uncomfortable. Mm. It causes problems with their relationships because they can't have sexual intercourse because it's too painful or yeah. um, there's too much tearing. It's devastating. Absolutely. And if left untreated, it can progress the vulval cancer as well. Oh my goodness. Is it a lifelong condition? Is it something that we're born with, sort of predisposed to it, that will affect us forever? Um, there hasn't been enough research on what causes it or what triggers it. It tends to be associated with stress. There seems to be an association with hypothyroidism as well mm. and other autoimmune diseases. So again, because it affects mainly women and not vast numbers. I mean, even if it did affect vast numbers, I think the research done in women's health is really poor. It is very poor, put it mildly. 
Yeah. Um, so it's one of those diseases that there isn't enough information about. And unfortunately, once you do get a diagnosis, the only treatment you get on the NHS is steroids to try and treat the flare ups. It's a condition that's relapsing. So you don't suffer continuously with it, but you have peaks and troughs. Mm -hmm. And the frequency of those vary with individuals. Different patients use different techniques to try and control their flare-ups as well. Yeah. But I've seen some pretty horrific cases. Oh, I'm sure you have. I'm sure many people listening will be wondering how to self-diagnose in the first instance. How can you tell the difference then between lichen sclerosis and thrush if it's if it's often missed and, and misdiagnosed? So with thrush... You tend to get a thick discharge as well as the itching, which isn't present in lichen sclerosis right. traditionally. You can get white patches on the skin and that's actually colour changed. So sometimes that gets mistaken for the patches in thrush, but it's not the same. It's not. Thrush improves with treatment, whereas lichen sclerosis doesn't. And um, thrush can be diagnosed with a swab as well. So if you are suffering from recurrent symptoms that isn't improving your GP should at least examine you Mm -hmm. which I hear a lot of women aren't even examined they're just sent away with antifungals repeatedly Um, so you should be examined you can ask for a swab if you're getting these recurrent bouts of thrush you can also ask for a referral to either a dermatologist with an interest in vulval disease or a gynecologist So do you think that embarrassment or perhaps even shame, you know, stop women from asking for help in a way that, you know, you wouldn't think twice about it if your skin on your arm was blistered or itchy and and giving you such bad symptoms. And yet there is just this awful stigma, isn't there? And, 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 you know, dare I say it, a sense of shame. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons why women don't even tell their closest friends or their relatives that they're suffering with a genital condition. And it shouldn't be that way at all. It's a medical condition and it needs to be addressed. And are there any triggers that like dietary triggers that seem to affect it? Or you, you, you mentioned stress. Yeah, there's nothing consistent that I can see from my patients. So it can be associated with low levels of estrogen, which is why the peaks tend to happen pre-puberty and perimenopausal. Other than that, there aren't any triggers that are consistent across the board, apart from stress exacerbates it. And is it contagious? I think a lot of people will be asking that. No, simple answer. Right, so you're, you're not going to give it to your partner and you're not going to catch it from your partner? Absolutely not. It's not a sexually transmitted disease and it's not contagious. Right. And you mentioned that on the NHS from doctors, women, if they do get diagnosed, they might be prescribed steroids. How effective are they at treating? So with lichen sclerosis, there isn't a cure. It's a disease that remains once you've been diagnosed, you have it. Now, it goes into remission sometimes, but you can get flare-ups at any time. The steroids are used to manage the flare-ups and also to try and stop the disease progressing into vulval cancer. I've had quite a lot of success treating patients with platelet-rich plasma, and that tends to reduce their symptoms considerably. It means that patients can often cut down on the amount of steroid they're using. And in some cases, I've had patients who I've treated that haven't had a recurrence for 
several years now. And I imagine that you're going to be getting a lot of contact from women listening to this perhaps afterwards. So I'll make sure that we put all your contact details in the notes and in the links as well. We're going to take a quick break. But after that, I really want to switch focus slightly on our bladders and our pelvic floors and our urinary tracts, which is also something else. Recurrent UTIs is just a massive feature in my inbox. It just seems to be ongoing. So please don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So welcome back. And as I mentioned earlier, the lowered estrogen levels don't just cause the vaginal lining to become thinner and drier. They can also cause the lining of the urinary tract to lose volume. So Shireen, can we talk about UTIs then as we age specifically? Absolutely. So the main reason women get more recurrent UTIs as they age is because of the changes in the vulva with menopause. The opening to the urethra is very close to the vagina as well. And you get transmission of bacteria from the vagina into the urethra. And this becomes more common as the pH changes and the tissue thins as well. So is it really down to oestrogen or are there other factors at play? Um, the majority of it around the menopause is down to oestrogen. Also, you get 
more issues with urgency and incontinence due to the thinning of the tissues in mm-hmm. the genital tract. So there's different types of incontinence. Um, there is stress incontinence and there's urge incontinence. Right. Now, stress incontinence is the one that most people relate to when you cough, sneeze, jump and you leak. And that's associated with pregnancy and childbirth but Mm -hmm. it can occur in women who haven't had babies just through aging as well the one that becomes more common during menopause is the urgency and the irritation that you get through the vaginal atrophy so that's one of the things that using a local estrogen can help yes well let's talk a little bit about that because you mentioned earlier you talked about the safety of vaginal estrogen and localized estrogen using products like vagifem pessaries for example you've got intrarosa pessaries as well from the research that I've done the data that I've seen they are completely safe and have even been used for patients undergoing active breast cancer treatment because they are localised and they stay within the vaginal cavity. Is that the case? Absolutely. Um, There are studies showing that using localised oestrogen for a year is equivalent to taking one day's worth of systemic oestrogen. Gosh, that's tiny. It is incredibly safe, absolutely. And I think we need to overcome this fear of, using oestrogen and using HRT because we are living longer and if we don't replace our hormones we're not going to be aging well we're going to be spending a longer proportion of our lives living in a decrepit state. Yes, absolutely. I remember recording a podcast a few years ago, actually, with the menopause doctor, Louise Newson, and we were talking about this very subject. And she made a very valid and kind of heartbreaking point, really, of the number of older women, and I'm talking about very elderly women who may be in care homes, for example, who are suffering terribly when a little bit of localised oestrogen would be such a kind and obvious and safe solution to ease so much pain and suffering. It's it's a real shocking thing, isn't it, that it isn't being more widely talked about and more widely known and more women aren't being helped. Absolutely. And there is fear within the health profession as well as the public with regards to this. And I don't think it helps that the product leaflets that you get in the package still state that using vaginal (laughs) oestrogen is going to give you breast cancer. Don't get me started. I mean, don't get me started. I mean, this is serious soapbox territory here. You know, the MHRA have known for years Uh, if not decades, that transdermal oestrogen, localised oestrogen has a very different pathway and does not have any of the even slight risks associated with systemic. And, you know, I get messages almost daily from women to say, you know, I've listened to your podcast, I've read your magazine, and I've, you know, got my oestrogel, whatever. You say that it's, you know, it's completely safe, whatever, it's not going to give me DVT, and yet I have read the leaflet. And you have to go back and say that the leaflet is incorrect. It's shocking. Can you imagine a Viagra leaflet having incorrect information on it and and not being updated? I think the Viagra leaflet does have a lot of information on it. (laughs) It probably um, isn't read though, is it? They don't tend to read it. (laughs) I think they look at the benefits versus the risks Uh as well. And And interestingly, the the risks are significantly higher, so I gather, than um, than taking HRT. And yet, you know, you can go and get it from your chemist. So anyway, I will stand down from my soapbox because I know listeners here have heard me bang on about it often enough. But it is, I think, important to reinforce that message that this is a completely safe and effective treatment and can literally change lives. 
Yes, and I've seen it change lives. Wonderful. But Liz, there are always going to be people who, despite all the evidence, will still be afraid of HRT and that's their choice. Yeah. So for them, there are other options as well. Yeah, well, that's very good to know. And I think we'll be exploring some of those that you mentioned earlier. Thank you. Let's move on to talk about the pelvic floor and incontinence. You know, we talked about loss of estrogen, but we do lose strength and elasticity in the pelvic floor, that supportive girdle that supports all our organs down below. Are things like the squeezing exercises, are they effective? Are they going to work better with oestrogen? Can you just do them on their own? What's your view on that? Well, my view on Kegels are they are incredibly effective if you do them early enough and often enough. And that is the problem. Right. Um, The other thing is most women don't know how to do them properly or effectively. Mm. Okay, And we do have to start early. I mean, supposing our listeners here are listening in their 50s, 60s and beyond. Is it too late? Um, It's never too late. But I think this is something we should be teaching (laughs) our young girls about not waiting until we've got the problems. Yeah. The thing with maintaining the pelvic floor is it's the same as any other muscle. You need to work it to maintain it. Yeah. And it's better to prevent the issues than try and treat them. So when it comes to the Kegel exercises, the pelvic floor squeezing, how exactly should we be doing that? How do we know that we're doing it correctly? The problem is a lot of women don't know they're doing it correctly and it's quite difficult to explain how to do it. Um, We get told to try and imagine that you're trying to stop your urine flow and that's the sort of action you want. But when I examine women and ask them to do a pelvic floor contraction during an internal examination, most of them cannot contract their pelvic floor. There are online resources where you can get information on how to do pelvic floor exercises. But I think in an ideal world, every woman would have an appointment with a pelvic floor physiotherapist and be taught to do these exercises properly. Yeah. And of course, you you, you can ask your GP for a referral, can't you? You can. The services vary according to geography, but it is something you can try and ask for. Yeah, of course it is. I was actually uh, thinking in, in my mind as we were talking, going back to the the issue of urinary incontinence and, and this lack of care in, in care homes for, for older women. I've read that urinary incontinence is actually one of the biggest reasons women end up in care homes in the first place. Yes, I've stated that before as well. And it's an absolutely horrifying fact, isn't it, when you think about it, that something that actually now there is a lot you can do for urinary incontinence that doesn't involve surgery. So if we can prevent women from A, getting the urinary incontinence and B, getting dementia by using things like HRT, I think their care in later life and their prognosis will be a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. It enrages me actually when I walk around chemists and see ever increasing shelves full of pads for incontinence and, you know, talking about it, things like normal leakage. You know, there is no such thing in my mind as normal leakage. And this is, you know, yet another money making opportunity uh, rather than treating the problem so that it goes away in just saying, oh, yeah, you know, just just chuck a pack of pads into your bag as you're, you're doing your shopping because this is normal and just, you know, deal with it. And it's, it's, it's just wrong, isn't it? I agree. I mean, the number of women I speak to, and I'm talking about young women, and I'll ask them if they have incontinence and they say no. It's like, do you ever leak when you jump on a trampoline? And they say, oh, that's just normal. That's yeah. not incontinence. It's like, normalised. No, those ads, those ads of women jumping up and down on trampolines, you know, is normalising it, isn't it? We're just expected. Oh, well, we're going to leak. So let's buy a packet of pads every week. 
And I mean, when you get groups of young mums together and stuff as well, and they go out with their kids, a number of them that won't go to trampoline parks or get on the trampoline with their kids because of the leakage is just astonishing. And they don't talk to each other about it. And the vast majority think they're the only one with the problem. Yeah. And one in three women suffer from incontinence. Can we end perhaps with some general tips for vaginal health? So that no matter what age or stage of life you are, what are the do's and don'ts? You know, should we be wearing, you know, cotton underwear, tight trousers? Should we be douching, using intimate washes? What's what's your take on all of that? So absolutely no to douching. Right. No to intimate products. Okay. Water running over your vulva in the shower is plenty. The vagina cleans itself. So you do not need to douche. The more products you use, the more you're going to disrupt the natural balance of the vaginal tissue. So mm-hmm. no to all of that. I'd say start your pelvic floor exercises early. Don't accept abnormal symptoms as normal. If you've got a problem, seek help. There is a lot available out there. We've not even touched on the number of treatments that are now available only privately, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but they are life changing. You've got vaginal tightening to help with laxity, which can treat early prolapses. We've got the Mcella chair, which is an electromagnetic chair that can tighten the pelvic floor as I've well. I've tried it. It was very good. It's incredible, isn't it? It's, you just I, you just sit on it, and I'm not quite sure how it works, but it gives you this sort of I don't know, is it like ultrasound? Is it a sound wave that's tightening up tissues? Electromagnetic stimulation of the muscle. So the same technology that's used in MRI, that's used to directly contract and relax the muscle of the pelvic Mm -hmm. floor. And it does it 11 and a half thousand times in a 30 minute session. Wow. And the number of women I speak to who, after using the chair, can actually feel their pelvic floor muscles again. Yeah. And find their own Kegel exercises more effective because they're aware of what they need to be doing. Mm. So, I mean, I wish it was available in every GP surgery throughout the country. I think that would be an absolute game changer. Well, do you know, Sharon, hopefully by opening up these conversations, shining a light on what's going on, making women more knowledgeable, more empowered to go and have educated and informed discussions with their GPs, say what they need, ask for the right treatment. You know, hopefully this will filter back, but there is just this staggering healthcare gender inequality And, you know, women do need to be more vocal. And, you know, part of the role I think that we have here on this podcast is to really bring these issues to light. And I hope that any medics who are listening to this, and I know many doctors tune in as well, will actually take this on board and will, you know, take this conversation back to surgeries and look at ways that they can better help what is, after all, 50%, if not higher, of their patients. And I'm so grateful to you and for your knowledge, Sharon, in in sharing it with us today. Thank you. Well, a massive thanks, of course, to Dr. Shirin. A massive thank you for your time and your expertise here. Do you know, I was just made aware that recently it was Lichen Sclerosis Awareness Day. Who knew? Perhaps that just says enough in itself. Well, there are some very good support groups, patient groups that you can find on Instagram and also on Facebook, actually. If you take a look at Lichen Sclerosis Association and Vulval Cancer, 
So just head over to Instagram, type that in or Facebook, and I'm sure that the support groups will pop up and there will be a wealth of patient information and like-minded women who can share experience and advice. But of course, the issues that we've talked about today aren't the only changes that we notice during menopause, far from it. And you can always head to lizardwellbeing.com to find much more information and free resources about all parts, be it physical and mental, of the menopause. And I would love to know what you made of this episode with Shirin. I do so hope that you found it useful. You can message me. I don't do direct message, but I do do comments on Instagram. I'm at Me. And you can also find the team and me at Liz Earl Wellbeing. And I will read some of your thoughts on an upcoming episode if you give me permission as we continue this conversation. And in the meantime, this just in from a happy listener who writes, Hi Liz and Wellbeing team. I'd just like to thank you for all your fantastic information on perimenopause and menopause. I've learned so much. And since realising that all my symptoms were due to perimenopause, I started HRT and I feel like myself again. I'd become more and more anxious. I was always tired. I had this horrible feeling that I had nothing to look forward to anymore. I wasn't sleeping well, so too tired to exercise anymore. HRT has been a lifesaver and I'm excited about the next stage of my life. I'm feeling fitter than ever. My daughter has just had a baby and instead of feeling old and tired, I feel like a funky granny fab at 50. I can't thank you enough. Well, that was such a wonderful heartwarming message to read. And yes, it's all about getting our mojo back and feeling better than ever as we step into a better second half. And I remember also recording a podcast with Dr. Rebecca Lewis when she talked about that horrible feeling of flatness that women get when we lose our joy and we do feel that we have nothing more to look forward to and that can so easily be replaced by putting back the estrogen that's needed in those joy receptors in our brain cells. Well, thank you again for that lovely, empowering and encouraging message. Feedback like this is truly the reason that I get up in the morning with my team and we do what we do. That's it for now. Until the next time we chat, go well. Bye-bye. The Liz Earle Wellbeing Show is presented by me, Liz Earle, and is produced by Anushka Tate for Fresh Air Production, with additional production support from Ellie Smith. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.